0: Let's assume you are trained as a, as an artist. And what you do, therefore, in in an office is you draw. You help them interpret what they're doing into art forms and all of that. So, now you're an artist. But God had looked at you and said, your destiny is not in that art. Even though you love the art. He says your destiny is in something else. So, He comes to that office to receive you. Now, when he comes in, let's assume there's a training course that is to be done, and the training course, let's say, is on PR. So they finish everything, and the office says, "Ah, so the one is left, we need a slot to send somebody to go and learn how to do PR and everything and all of this. And and, and you look and look, and they say, come, why don't you go? Go for the PR. Ah, And say, no. No, I'm an artist. That Jesus has knocked. Now, why did you miss it? Because there was a book you should have read. Inside the book of some great man you know, you don't know he was on another tangent in his career when something happened in the office and he went the other way. If you had read that, then when Jesus came and knocked, you will have recognized this Jesus because you will have confirmed something you read two weeks ago then Holy Ghost will have brought it to your remembrance and you will say, yes, I'm going. That's how it works. So let's look at what James said, quickly. James chapter 3 and from verse 9. But well, I just want to look at a few principles here in, in 3 and 4. So James said, Therewith, with our mouth, we bless God, even the Father, and we curse men that are made, all right, after the silmitude of God. Okay? So blessed men are made after the silmitude of God. Then he says, verse 10. Out of the same mouth proceeded blessing and cursing. My brethren, these things ought not to be so. Uh, all right? It says, now, go to 9. It's really 9 I wanted to emphasize. It says there we bless God, all right, even the Father, and then we curse men that are made after the image of God. And then it goes to 10, all right? It says, it, it says, out of the same mouth proceeded blessing and cursing. My brethren, this ought not to be so. Verse 11, it tells us, Doth the fountain send forth sweet and bitter water, same place. Verse 12, it tells us, can you fig tree my brethren bear olive berries and, and vine figs, so no fountain or I can bring forth yield, salt, water, and fresh. Then verse 13, it says, who is a wise man? and endued with knowledge among you. Which means, who is that man that had received? And that's the wisdom he was saying at the beginning. If any man lacks wisdom, he said, who is a wise man and has received knowledge among you, been endued with knowledge among you, let him show out of a good conversation or behavior his works with meekness of wisdom. Verse 14, he said, but if you have bitter envy and strife in your heart, all right, lie not and glory, glory not and lie not against the truth. This wisdom descendeth not from above, but is earthly, sensual, and devilish. So he's speaking about two kinds of wisdom here, which means a man may use the earthly, manipulative, devilish wisdom to try to achieve something, and another person is endued with knowledge from on high that has come through the wisdom of God. He now says the first thing about this wisdom here is this. And we'll see how we built it up into answered prayer. He said, where there is envy, bitter envy and strife, glory not and lie not against the truth. So it tells us first thing you must get rid of, right, is envy and strife. Envy there is when people have things you don't have. Strife is when you are in competition with your contemporaries. So he's saying get rid of this. So a person is believing for the manifestation of something. He says, listen, there's a lot of, I mean, it's it's this to say this, all right? Doesn't sound nice, but it's true. That there's a lot of hidden, you know, you can't be envious of people you don't know. If there's a Mr. Katutranka in Japan, who has become a billionaire, that just really doesn't affect you. But when your classmates, that you are doing better than in class, they just said he has blown or she has blown. Now, if you are not, something moves inside you, then you hear people saying, I beg, only God knows what they are using. All right? And that is what is called Witchcraft. Public enemy number one is witchcraft. Hidden hatred with smiles. Where they greet you, but they hurt. Pop, that's public enemy number one. Warfare, you have just entered it. Ill will. All right? So, and look, it says a man's enemies, we have to preach it, are those of his house. In other words, the first manifestation of envy was brothers. Cain killed Abel because of his, so we don't say that he's far-fetched. You don't have envy among strangers. Envy and strife is with friends. It says we took sweet counsel and came to the house of God together. Not knowing inside the heart, it was drawn swords. So there's envy that is there, and envy means, which means? So get cured, and they've said this, a man will own up to adultery and fornication before envy and strife. Because it is shameful for him to agree. All the time I was with you, my heart was not right. So, first thing you do, this is how you get cured. This is how God got cured of you. you. worship God for what he's doing in the lives of other people that are moving ahead. Your praise and worship shouldn't just be for what God is doing in your own life. You should go to the altars where other people are moving ahead and go there and worship God like it's you he did it for. Do you get what I'm saying here? That's how you start getting cured of that thing. Father, you sing to God and let me tell you this, anything you hate in somebody else's life, you can't get it my labor. Envy is too much. Have you ever seen anybody writing? You, see, you see, all these big ministries. Have they ever written? Have you seen anybody writing against small ministries? No. It's envy. Why is it big church? You are always writing. Are they not making mistakes in small churches? So all these big churches, all these big churches. Are you saying people are not hating in small churches? Too? But you, people say that. So you can see, as somebody said, he said we are not producing evangelists again. We are producing envy and has every, every. it's not evangelism spreading every. <laughs> it's not the gospel again it's envy that is spread so you go there and you worship him and thank him he said this has to be done listen if you don't do it if you don't do right evil comes if you don't thank God for those making progress you will just find out it, because stagnant waters breed reptiles So if you leave your heart stagnant, no movement towards reptiles will come out. So you have no choice. Father, I thank you for what's going on. Worship him for that. Then strife means you are contemporaries. In other words, what you are praying for your own promotion to happen for you, pray it into the lives of all your contemporaries. In other words, this is what I'm saying. You are an assistant manager, you are praying to become full manager. Twelve of you are assistant managers. When you are praying for your own, pray for the other eleven. You say, Pastor, there are only two slots. If I pray for everybody, what then happens to me? (laughs) Let me tell you what will happen to you. If you are not meant to get the slot, you will not get it. One of the twelve, two of the twelve will get it. Then God will open a door for you. Might be elsewhere, where you become a general manager. Because who will be the greatest? The one who is the servant of all. Leave that to God. You obey your. Do you get what I'm saying? There? So he says worship. Now I'm talking ground game. Now worship him for what's happening. Pray for everybody and get out of competition. All right. It says envy and strife. It says let's go on there. It says where there is there's confusion and every evil work. Go on there. For where envy and strife is there's confusion and what every anything can happen there including murder. Do you get what I'm saying? Okay. So, envy there and strife. There's confusion and every evil work. Now verse 17. It says, but the wisdom that is from above is first pure, peaceable, gentle, easy to be treated, full of mercy, good fruits, without partiality, without hypocrisy. Now, and it's envy that is causing a lot. I mean, I'm saying young ministers all right there there. that envy, this envy thing is causing a transference from one generation to the next. Because young people, are, in fact, that's why I started writing on social media, because I saw a scripture because many young people were being radicalized. And I saw a scripture that said that a star fell from heaven and there was a warm wood in the waters and people drank of it. If you read it in the Greek, it said because they had no alternative than the bitter waters they were drinking of that. So if social media is only filled with people writing bitterness, then a generation will be raised Bitter. Where I went to preach yesterday, the man that we used to contemporize, because we said, we said we've known ourselves that we used to say you know I know about, but we knew I've heard about ourselves. He said, for 30 years, I said, but we finally met last year at Connecticut's conference for the first time. All right, then I'm speaking for him and all of And you know, we started, And he said, he said that to say something, and then he talked about his generation. He said, in ministry, I've never heard anybody say it. He said, in ministry. He said, the wasted generation was his own. This is my own generation. He said that was the wasted generation in ministry. He said the reason was that he said some of the most powerful men on campus there that he knew, he said nobody showed up. He said, and the problem was they were hitting on the older generation. And when it got down, I got up, I said, you know, I never heard anybody say that publicly. It's bold. But what he said is correct. And generation war is envy. All right? An anointing can confuse you. as I said. It's not evangelism, people are doing that. Envy. Okay, so let's go on because I'll finish this. So, it says, wisdom is pure. And then it goes on. Verse 18, it says, And the fruit of righteousness is sown in peace among them that make peace. Then he now goes to chapter 4. You understand where it's coming from. He said, From whence come the wars and fightings? You can see where it's coming from. He it said, It's envy. You see war and fighting? You can try to justify it anyway. Is envy and strife that is causing the fight. Well, so we're well, fighting over doctrine Say a lie. It's envy and strife. It goes on. Come, then, audience, from the loss that won your members. He now said this. You're lost and have not. you kill and desire to have. So you can almost see. That if you don't have, you'll be in trouble. Look at it. Because there's a desire in every human being to have. If you don't have, you either, all right, with lust, you have not, you kill. So there's that thing. So you start killing people, thinking that if you kill people, you can get the things to yourself, right? Which is slander. And cannot obtain. You fight and war, yet you have not because you ask not. In other words, he that will pray must believe in prayer. That prayer can produce tangible things. Do you get what I'm saying? I heard Pastor Deboe say once. He said, young minister, he said, listen, he doesn't believe in bringing comedian on Sunday morning to come and be cracking jokes at because you are looking for crowd. He said, he just said this, can you not pray? In other words, what you are trying to produce with communion, you can pray it there. John the Baptist was in the wilderness. When people were coming, how were they drawn to him? Prayer can do things. So he said, you ask not. Then he says, when you ask, you receive not because you ask amiss, so you missed something. He said, to consume it upon your loss, which means that warfare is what is your motive. So let's assume you're asking, let me just say this. You want that car? For no other purpose. Prepare them. There are some people. So when you buy that car. That nobody knows you have the car. They deliver it to your house. There is no conversation they will say. You must introduce your car to it. So we just sat down. We are watching match now. Sat down. To watch Nigeria versus Algeria. And as we were watching. The dignitaries came in the car. You must tell us that the rims of that car, just like the one I bought, you know, last (laughs) (laughs) year. What are you saying here? You must know I have a car. So the purpose of this, all right, is to show something. Do you get what I'm saying? So you ask yourself, you ask, I mean, I may consume it. Okay, Paul, you're lost. Then it goes on, verse 4, quickly. Yeah, adulterer, says, no, you know you not that friendship with the world, so it's talking about interaction with the world, is enmity with God. Whosoever therefore will be a friend of the world is an enemy of God. Verse 5, do you think the scripture saith in vain that the spirit that dwelleth in us lusteth to envy? That means, that means God wants you to himself. Do you think that the scripture saith in vain that verse six, it now goes on and says, But he giveth more grace. Wherefore, God resists the proud, but gives grace to the humble. Humble yourself or submit yourselves therefore unto God. Resist the devil. So part of this resisting the devil together is submit yourself to God and he will flee from you. It goes on verse 8. It says, draw now unto God uh, and draw now to cleanse your hands, you sinners. Now show what it means by cleanse your hands, sinners. Purify your heart. So He says there are two areas you must clean. Your hands, all right. When He talks about hands there, He's talking about shedding of blood. Every time he says cleanse your hand," it means stop shedding blood, which is this envy thing. All right, and hearts you double-minded, which is your thought life has to be one. Verse nine, he goes on and says, "Be afflicted; let your laughter be turned to mourning, your joy to heaviness." And then he says, "Humble yourselves under the sight, and He shall do what? Lift you up." Now, so he says, if you humble yourself during that process. God is eventually going to do what? Lift you up to that manifestation. So let me close by showing what this humbling means because it's in the form of prayer. So this form of prayer you are doing between I believe I receive to manifestation is this. Luke 10. Luke 18, verse 10. Luke 18 and verse 10. It talked about two men that went to pray. Two men went up to the temple to pray. One was a Pharisee, the other was a publican. Verse 11, the Pharisee stood and prayed thus with himself. I thank God, you can see his prayer now. Warfare, in find the prayer That does to other men. I thank God I'm not as other men. So, strife in the prayer. Extortioners, unjust. So, you kneel down to pray for promotion. I thank God I'm the one who is qualified. Do you understand what I'm saying? I'm not like all these other people. I think it's their complexion they will use. I think it's the, you know what I'm saying? God knows I'm the one who is qualified. Unjust, adulterous, no. they're sleeping with the bosses here, that's why. Do you, you understand what I'm saying? There's <laughs> no people praying their hearts. Or even this publican. Okay? So you're praying for your church to grow. I'm the deep man. So don't know Greek. Do you get what I'm saying? I fast twice a week. I give tithes of all the possessions. Now, He thinks all that is required for it to happen is what this is doing. So he goes on, verse 13. This is why people wonder what's going on. And the publican standing afar off will not lift so much his eyes to heaven, but smote his breath and said, God be merciful unto me, a sinner. Verse 14, he says there, I tell you, this man went down justified rather than the other. For everyone that exalted himself will be abased. He that humbleth himself shall be exalted. So he's in prayer. You humble yourself. Now, what's the prayer? Go to verse fifty here. He says he went there and said, verse, verse 13, sorry. He went there and said, God be merciful to me, a sinner. Now, here's where our problem started. One of the major problems in this generation. Now, any generation. What God has been trying to do is to make two generations see themselves, and then there will be perfect manifestation. Now, same this, problems are this generation that we got to this place and read, be merciful to me, a sinner. I said, we are the righteous of God in Christ. We are new Christians in Christ. All this doesn't mean anything to us. Jesus was speaking to those people. But what about James that said, cleanse your hands, you sinners? Isn't that New Testament? He said, no, James was talking to other people. He wasn't talking to us. It was to the brethren scattered abroad. Ooh. When Paul wrote Romans, said, from Romans, is, where is the New Testament? When Paul wrote Romans, didn't he say to the churches in Rome, are you in Rome? When he wrote Galatia, he said to all the churches in Galatia, are you in Galatia? To all those who are in Corinth and those who are, are you there? Let's look for the one for Legotians because that's Galatians and that. The Bible says all scripture is given by the inspiration of God. Oh, so you sit down with it and say, what does that mean? It doesn't mean inherent sin. The word there means be merciful to me from where I'm missing the mark. In other words, you might fast, you might tithe, but that might not just be what is required to get it. Where am I missing it? Show me. Do you get what I'm saying here? Be merciful. And let me just say this. One of our problems we're having in this generation now is because we despised the much older generation. When there was SU movement, some of the problems we're seeing, we didn't see it in SU movement. When there was SU movement that was teaching quiet time, discipleship, listen, we looked at them, you don't understand Revelation. You don't understand, this is your prayer, we don't understand. In fact, when I got born against someone told me, said, Never pray, renew in me a night nice spirit and create in me a clean heart. That That's not for the new creation. We threw things away. If a quiet time, people will preach back then and say, We don't have quiet times again, not again, now we have shouting time. All of us will get up, shout! <laughs> Destroying decades of Christian culture. Decades of Christian. Now we have issues we don't understand. People say, Well, no longer you just to sit down quietly, open your mouth. So they're sitting down quietly to read your Bible every morning. Where breakfast was the word of God. Where they will ask you, have you eaten? Not physical food back then. But have you read your Bible before you come to eat? Culture. We threw everything away. Are you going to don't understand. We have revelation. So it says have mercy on me. What you are saying there is Lord... Between now and manifestation, wherever I'm missing it, show me. Teach me. That's why the next verse, go to verse 15. He continued that thought. And they brought to him infants. And he would touch them. They responded and rebuked them. And then he said in 16, suffer. Or I said, suffer little children to come to me. So, so is the word kingdom of God. That you're coming as a little child like Solomon. I don't know how to go out nor come in. Teach me. Do you get what I'm saying? That's the attitude of a man that goes in worship. During that time, and say God, whatever it is that I don't know. That was the argument God had with Job. Job was, God said, you want to do an exam with me about life? You say you know. You say you know, eh? All right. Test one, chapter one. Answer the following questions. Then you will know you're a man and I'm God. He asked him. He said, the rain that falls, which of the stars regulates it? Say, you say you know. He started calling stars. Planets he didn't know anything about. He said, how does it affect the seasons of the earth? Because they do. Which means there's a planet that moves, that makes winter come. Which one? He even told him, said, have you ever seen this particular animal give birth? Which means no human being has ever seen this animal give birth. Job after three question papers. Chapter, three chapters. He said, God, Actually, I just realized I don't know you. I heard of you. That's this is what I said. I knew they told me about you, but now for the first time I see you in my eyes. During that period, you move from what you were told to what God showed you. Are, are you fortunate That's where you are taught the real things of life. Father, in the name of Jesus. Thank you for the garden of the people, the power of the Spirit in this place. I ask by the power of that same Spirit that you will establish every single person in this place concerning this truth and expand it within their consciousness. In Jesus' name. Thank you for listening.